Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. How's it going guys? I'm Jeff Leifert. Uh, we have a very uh, jam-packed episode for you guys today. A lot of trades going on involving prospects because it's deadline day is approaching. Uh, it will be Monday, 3 Eastern. And uh, it's that time of year where all these uh, borderline playoff teams, playoff teams looking to improve a little more, are uh, trading for rental players mostly, maybe guys with a year or two left in their deal. And uh, the cost in return is picks and prospects. So that makes our jobs uh, a lot of fun, a lot of information to bring you guys, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, me too. We got a lot of teams uh, this year battling injuries uh, right around this time of the year also. So they're all looking to... Uh, get a player to help them out, uh, make that push for the playoffs a little more interesting and easy for their team. So yeah, we got a lot of players moving around, a lot of prospects going everywhere, uh, ready to get into it. Yeah, I think we should start, uh, might as well do these trades in order, right? The uh, the first big trade to really happen came, uh, came let's say, a little over two weeks ago now, and that was Toronto Maple Leafs acquiring goaltender Jack Campbell and forward Kyle Clifford from the LA Kings in exchange for forward Trevor Moore, a 2020 third-round pick, and a 2021 conditional third-round pick. Uh, I like this move a lot by Toronto. They really are desperate need of a backup goaltender going down the stretch of the season. Uh, they're not even in a playoff spot currently right now, which is crazy to think. And you can't have Freddie Anderson playing 70-plus games a year. So uh, this was a big trade for them. Uh, I don't think they really wanted to move Trevor Moore, but they uh, they needed goaltending and needed a bad. So uh, I do like the move here by Toronto. Yeah, especially with uh, Frederick Anderson going down with injury. Uh, they needed a goalie that could step up. Uh, so uh, Clifford, uh, Jack Campbell, I mean, uh, is definitely going to be that goalie. Uh, for the Leafs, and uh, they were having a lot of troubles uh, with their backup goalies this year, just playing horribly in front of their in front of their team uh, all year long, and they just could never uh, string some wins together. But uh, yeah, the Leafs uh, they need guys like Clifford, uh, t- tough guys that can uh, stand up for people like Marner, Matthews, and uh, and Nylander. So uh, it looks like it could be a good trade for the, for the Leafs, but if they don't make playoffs, it really uh, I don't really think it was worth it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Kyle Clifford, like you said, he's a veteran guy, big body. You know, he's not going to let people push around the young stars Toronto have. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion with the LA Kings, so uh, he's a great guy to have come playoff time. Uh, like I said, I all around do love the trade. I still do not think Toronto misses the playoffs. They're just simply too good of a team. Uh, I can't think of a ever a team where you're playing paying three guys that much and they miss the playoffs. I can I don't know like how that could potentially go down but uh, I definitely think that they do get in and this move was a was a great step in helping them do so yeah exactly I'm pretty sure uh at least a couple games in the past week or so they had all their top guys Marner Matthews and Tavares all in one line it was over a 30 million dollar line so if they can't win with those guys on one line uh they're it's not looking good for the Leafs uh, moving on to our next trade now, uh, or maybe the biggest trade I'd say out of all of them so far is the Pittsburgh Penguins have acquired forward Jason Zucker from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Alex Galchenyuk, Kaylin Addison, who we've talked about already on this show, uh, and a 2020 conditional first round pick. Uh, this trade looks like it was doing wonders for Pittsburgh so far. Zucker's been amazing so far playing with Crosby. I'm sure any hockey player loves to get traded to a new team, come in and slide on the 
a wing with Sidney Crosby, but uh, he's looked great doing it so far. They did have to pay a decent price. Uh, I know Galchenyuk wasn't really working out there. He's turned into a bit of a suitcase, which is a bit surprising. I think his first couple years in Montreal, there was a lot of promise for him, but he really hasn't been able to stick around in one organization yet. And then the conditional 2021st, and I think the biggest part of the trade, defenseman Kaylin Addison. We talked about him during the World Juniors this year. Uh, he was absolutely amazing. Uh, former first-round pick or former second-round pick of the uh, of the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2018. He put up nine points in seven games at the World Juniors. He's playing with Lepridge Hurricanes in the WHL this year. He's got 48 points in 43 games, and the kid's as good as he is offensively. He's just as smart and reliable with the puck in the D zone. Maybe he needs to work on his shutdown ability a little bit more, but he's just he's very smart with the puck and just a, a huge piece from Minnesota moving forward. I know it doesn't seem really like Minnesota has a lot, but uh, a couple of years now they've con- compiled a pretty pretty good prospect pool. They could be they could be dangerous in maybe five six years. Yeah, exactly. And Minnesota, you know, for as long as I can remember, have been that just average team. So like uh, they've never really gotten over that bubble. Uh, but yeah, uh, Addison could be a very good NHL uh, player one day. So that's what Minnesota is hoping up for. But uh, the Penguins, you know, they they have a feeling like they can win this year and they can uh i think with uh, zucker on their team and if gensel comes back healthy uh for the playoffs uh that'd be great for them like they're they'll be a very very hard team to beat in the playoffs in the best of seven series but um yeah and the big thing for the penguins here i believe zucker uh still had a few years on his contract as well so it's not just a rental they're gonna be able to keep him for a while in their lineup and that's why they gave away a player like addison yeah, obviously you don't really want to give away a player of that caliber, but Zucker is not a rental, like you said. He signed through the 2023 season on a very good deal, making only 5.5 a year. So uh, that's a great find by Pittsburgh. I think the trade helps both teams. And, I mean, like I said, Pittsburgh's been red hot since acquiring him. They actually, nobody a couple months ago would thought that anyone would catch Washington in the uh, in the Met. And if anyone, I guess you'd say it was probably the Islanders, but... Uh, Pittsburgh's been red hot. The Caps have been terrible. And here we are with the uh, Caps ahead of them in the standings at this point moving forward. Yeah, just 20 games left in the season. So uh, we'll see where they both end up. But uh, yeah, Penguins are looking prime for another Stanley Cup playoff run. The next trade here, we have uh, two rivals giving a trade here, which you don't really see often. I'd say they're kind of the middle uh, of the pack in terms of the Rangers-Islanders-Devils rivalry. I'd say Islanders-Devils is the weakest of any combination you can create there, but nonetheless, still rivals. Uh, the New Jersey Devils sent defenseman and their captain, Andy Green, to the Islanders for uh, defenseman David Quenville and a 2021 second. Uh, I like the move for both teams. Uh, Andy Green is a veteran defenseman. He can come in, log minutes, penalty kill, stuff like that. He's not going to put up overwhelming points, but uh, he'll help the Islanders a lot, and uh, it was a good step in them securing a nice shutdown defenseman if they really want to make that extra push for playoffs and looks like they did yeah i mean andy green has been a solid uh player his whole career so um the islanders getting him is a huge help for them and he's he's just shut down defensemen just like the islanders play they don't uh necessarily score a ton of goals but they don't let up they don't let up any goals so um it's a good i think it's a good trade for them um the islanders though i don't know if they have it this year they get themselves over the hump to compete for uh a stanley cup a Stanley Cup, especially with the teams in the East right now. But yeah, it's a good trade for them, and uh, we'll see if it helps them out in the playoffs. 
Yeah, we'll go more into this later. Uh, I'm really actually curious how invested the Islanders are. Uh, I've actually heard their names a lot in Chris Kreider talks recently. I don't know if the Rangers and Islanders could ever really make a deal of that size, but uh, the Rangers are asking for uh, an NHL-ready player, a prospect, and a first-round pick. So uh, I don't think the Islanders are willing to give the Rangers that much. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm assuming it'd probably have to involve Oliver Wallstrom, and I just doubt in any way, shape, or form the Islanders be willing to give that over to the Rangers. Uh Nonetheless, though, the Islanders did make this move. We'll be interested to see if they make any other ones moving forward. Another big trade to an absolute powerhouse of a team, and that's the Tampa Bay Lightning acquiring forward Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils for a 2020 first-round pick and and prospect Nolan Foote. Uh, This is a it's a, this is probably just up there with the Zucker trade in terms of value and what it means to both uh, franchises. I've always thought Blake Holm was an underrated player. You know, he can play power play for Needham, but he's a great penalty kill guy. Uh, he'll be a bottom six guy in Tampa for sure, but definitely could play top six roles elsewhere. But, uh, I mean, you talk about adding forward depth to a team that really doesn't even need it. Just to, I mean, this is, this is all in for Tampa at this point. I think... After this trade, they're pretty much saying if we don't win the cup this year, John Cooper's gone. Uh, he's had multiple chances now. They have the the most talent in the league roster-wise. And uh, this acquisition of Coleman giving up a first and Nolan Foote, who's one of their top three prospects, It's, I mean, this was a very shocking trade for me, but uh, it's, it's Tampa Bay going all in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Coleman, he's been a, a top six forward on the Devils uh, the last couple of years. So, like, him... St- being a bottom six guy in the Tampa Bay Lightning, like they cannot be more happy to have him uh, on that that bottom six. But yeah, like Tampa Bay, they're all in this year. Uh, it, every year it seems like they make a big move at the deadline uh, to push them over the edge, but it just hasn't worked out for them. But this year, I mean, the players that they have on that team, the depth they have, uh, it's gonna be extremely hard to beat them in the playoffs. Even though last year they did get swept in the, in the first round uh, somehow. But yeah, I'm I'm uh, excited to see what happens with them adding him to a 11 win streak that Tampa Bay is currently on right now uh, is kind of scary to think about. So uh, we'll see if they can keep it going and if Blake Coleman can uh, help him out. Yeah, one important thing to mention with this Coleman trade, uh, I guess it does sound sort of steep what they gave up, and it is steep, but uh, he's actually under contract for another year after this. It's not just a rental, and he's only making $1.8 million on the AVV. So uh, unbelievable contract for a guy that could easily be getting, I'd say, three or four mil a year uh, on his next deal. So uh, you have him for a whole other year after this. And uh, I said, if you're, if you're both franchises, you got to be happy with what you got. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Nolan Foote uh, looks like he's going to be a great NHL player. Plus, you're getting that first-round pick if you're the Devils. And the Devils, they have a, they have some good young players right now that they're going to build around. And it looks like they're trying to do exactly that. Now, this is the second Kings trade we're going to mention. And we even have another one coming uh, a little ways down the road. But uh, the LA Kings sent forward Tyler Toffoli to the Vancouver Canucks for forwards Tim Schauer. Tyler Madden, a 2020 second-round pick and a 2022 conditional fourth-round pick. Uh, Tyler Toffoli was one of the bigger names in the market. He is a UFA at the pending UFA, so this is just a rental trade for Vancouver. Uh, they, they hauled a decent return for him, I'd say. Uh, Tim Showers, a bottom-six guy. I know you're familiar with him with because uh, of his time in Boston, Jeff. I know you like his game a lot. 
Uh, Tyler Madden, I think, is a very underrated prospect. He impressed me a lot at the World Juniors two years ago. And then you got your 2022nd and the conditional fourth in 2022. Uh, just kind of round out the trade, add a little more value to the end of it. But uh, uh, Vancouver kind of going all in here. They're still very much alive in the race for that Pacific Division. I think pretty much half that division is alive in that race for it. So uh, that's going to come right down to the wire. I definitely see Vancouver being in the playoffs this year. Jacob Markstrom is having a great season. Thatcher Demko is having a great season as well. Both their goalies playing well. And uh, I, I like the trade. I think um, I don't think they were they wanted to, have to give up Tyler Madden, but in order to make it done, clearly that's what the Kings are. Kings are making him give up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Toffoli, I mean, he's a great player. Um, I believe he has 24 goals this year on a Kings team that is going nowhere. Um, and, like, they – I mean, the Kings were definitely one of the best teams of the last 10 years in the NHL. They won two Stanley Cups. So – and their core is just getting older, and they've lost a lot of guys. But, you know, uh, they do have a ton of uh, young prospects. And I believe um, – I believe I read that they have six – picks in the top four rounds next year in the draft so i mean uh they're definitely trying to get younger and build that core a new core for their team but yeah i mean def, uh, canucks uh very lucky to have him as a bruins fan i was hoping to might come come over the boston but i mean um Toffoli's gonna step in uh great with them especially with brock besser being injured at the moment uh, not knowing when he is going to return. So he's going to step in for Besser, play a lot of big minutes for that team, and hopefully he steps up. Yeah, we'll break down the Kings prospect pool specifically uh, after we finish all these trades, but the Kings are absolutely stockpiled on prospects right now. Uh, you know, they were, they, you said they dominated for a while. They had two cups in a three-year span and then kind of fell off as, as every dynasty ends. No one stays good forever, but uh, they've done a great job of getting uh, – stockpiling those young players again and I don't think it's long before they're competing for cups again I'd say probably four or five years down the road they'll be legitimate contenders again yeah it's gonna be fun to see a new rise of players through the LA Kings uh team so um yeah it's not working out for them this year and probably uh not next year as well but we'll see how it goes for them this next trade is very interesting to me uh as a Rangers fan I tend to know more about the Rangers than other teams is kind of how it goes. And the Rangers have been absolutely stockpile with right-handed defensemen. They made that trade for Truba this offseason. You signed, you made the trade for Adam Fox. You have Tony D'Angelo, who's having a career season. Uh, Nils Lundqvist is playing over in the Swedish Elite League right now, and he's having an unbelievable season. And then you had Joey Keane having a great breakthrough year that no one expected in the American League. But, uh, you know, as anyone can tell you, you, you can't have that many right-handed players, right-handed defensemen on, uh, on one team. So it just happened that way that you need to make the move. And they, uh, they did a move that I think works for both teams with the Carolina Hurricanes. They sent Joey Keane over there in exchange for forward Julian Gauthier. Uh, Gauthier is a very, very big, big powerful forward that a lot of people didn't really know much about coming into this year he put up 34 points in 44 games in the American League this season uh, played a few in the NHL has not scored his first goal yet he does have a point but I I, I was sh I don't think shock is the right word is very surprised by this trade but I think it helps both teams and uh, I, I think both of these guys can go on to have very good careers in the NHL yeah, I believe the Rangers, I mean, they saw that they could get probably the most uh, the most out of Joey Keane in a trade uh, right now, and he's probably, so they wanted to make a move uh, when they could, 
And, uh, yeah, they got another uh, good young player who uh, definitely could have a promising career in the NHL. But, uh, yeah, for, as a cur- the Hurricanes, I mean, uh, they definitely do need defense in their future. Uh, so it's a good trade, as you said, for both teams. Yeah, uh, losing Justin Falk was obviously not easy for them. He was kind of like their their go-to right-handed defenseman for years. I'm not saying Joey Keane will be Justin Falk, but uh, they do need to bring in a right-handed defenseman like they did and kind of groom the future. And I think uh, I don't think it'll be long before you see Joey Keane in the NHL. He obviously wasn't going to get that chance in New York with the surplus of right-handed defensemen. But uh, I think Joey Keane will get a chance with Carolina this year, and uh, Gauthier actually already got his chance, or is getting his chance with the Rangers. Uh, he reported straight to the Rangers and not Hartford, and actually played last night. Didn't record any points, but I thought uh, I thought he played a, a pretty solid game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's going to get his chances on the Rangers team this year. Uh, they, have a, they have a lot of young players stepping up, uh, so he'll definitely get his chance with the team. Okay, the next trade we have is kind of a lower-level deal, not really going to you know, be breaking too many, uh, breaking too much news here, but uh, Dylan DeMello uh, sent from Ottawa to Winnipeg for a 2023. Uh, this is just Winnipeg, a team that uh, is still very much in a playoff race. They believe they can make the playoffs. I believe they can make the playoffs. And uh, it's a rental. It's just DeMello with, on the, until the end of the season as a depth defenseman, which uh, which they, they need. So obviously not giving up too much, but getting a guy that can help your back end uh, moving forward and just give, give you more depth back there. Yeah, I, I would say there's not a team that needs defense more than the Winnipeg Jets right now. I mean, their offense is stacked with all the players they have. They, they've had some bad luck with the defensemen uh, over the last like two seasons, I would say. So definitely having another one step in, just give you another solid body and uh, let the offensive go to work, and uh, we'll see if they make a playoff run. Yeah, uh, I know we've talked about it a couple times before, but it's just I've never seen a team just like get depleted defensively in one offseason like they did, losing Bufflin, Truba, and Tyler Myers. So, uh, yeah, they really needed this uh, this ad. I said it's not it's not a major ad. It's not going to. It's not going to win you a Stanley Cup type ad necessarily, but it's uh, it's it, it'll help with the depth and definitely uh, he'll be able to give them quality minutes, which which they desperately need. Uh, the next trade here we have veteran defenseman Brendan Dillon headed over to Washington in exchange for a 2020 second and a 2021 conditional third. Uh, I don't know Jeff if you saw Brendan Dillon's interview after he got traded or talking about getting traded, but. Uh, uh, people often forget the uh, the human element of the game that these athletes are people and uh, someone has spent as long a time in San Jose as him it was hard for him to have to say goodbye but uh, I think he's going to enjoy playing in Washington uh, get a chance to compete for a cup again I know he was on the team in 2016 when the Sharks lost so he'll be back in that playoff realm and competing for a cup again but uh, it was it was kind of it made you it made you realize it's 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 more than a game type thing it's one of those moments seeing him in his locker in that interview. Yeah, definitely. Players, I mean, they're like they're real people, just like me and you. I mean, they have families, and uh, they got to move their whole family. On uh, this case, uh, completely across the country, so into a whole different uh, culture. But yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely got to be happy where he's ending up with the team he's on. This is a stacked team uh, that's won the Stanley Cup two years ago, and they could definitely like if they made it back this year. I don't think anyone would be shocked. So. Uh, it helps the Capitals out a lot, and uh, San Jose getting two picks uh, is going to help them out in the future because they're going to lose a lot of players in the next two to three years. Yeah, could not agree with that more. 
moving on now, we've got another depth defenseman ad just to help give you minutes. Uh, obviously, at this point, we want to mention Jay Bomeister as well. Uh, we go along with the rest of the hockey world and wishing him a speedy recovery. Uh, that was a very scary moment that happened a few weeks ago when he collapsed on the bench. And uh, you know, I know the whole hockey world is behind him, and we're just like everyone else and wishing him the best. But uh, St. Louis Blues acquired defenseman Marco Scandella from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for the 2022nd and a 2021 conditional fourth. You have to assume this move is to come in and fill Bowmeister's void. Not that anyone can come in and replace Bowmeister. He's been in the league, I think, 19 years. Does I'm not sure if that's actually accurate. I think I what it is. But uh, uh, he's a veteran guy that everyone looks up to and respects. He's a great leader in the locker room. Still plays at a very high level. So obviously Scandella can't replace him, but they need someone to come in and at least try to fill the gap, and that's what this trade did for them. Uh, shipping away a second and a conditional fourth is, is not overwhelmingly what you want to give away for uh, for a rental like this. But, uh, you know, Teams aren't just going to be giving away for free. Uh, you're not just going to give someone away. You got multiple people inquiring about these players. You gotta you gotta outbid your opponents, and that's what it took to to make this deal work. Yeah, I mean, Scandella is like you say, he's not going to replace Bowmeister at all, but he'll sm- he'll fill a small piece, uh, which is what they need because ever since he went down, the Blues they just haven't looked the same at all. Um, so they need someone to step in, just, uh, help him out a little bit. But yeah, for Montreal. Uh, I'm, I believe they got Scandella this year, actually, at the beginning of the season, for just a fourth-round pick. Uh, now they're getting back from him a second-round pick and a fourth. So I believe it's a win for Montreal because um, their playoff hopes have uh, been washed away, I believe, this season, unless a miracle happens. So they need to keep building for the future. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anytime you can flip a guy for more than you got him uh, it's, it's a good move and you feel very confident in it so that's a, it's a good job by Montreal and uh you said it's 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 the business you got to move on you got to keep regrouping getting younger uh the next trade is really surprising for me I don't really un- understand I guess the logic behind either side of it but it's uh Toronto acquiring forward Dennis Mulligan from Florida for Mason for Mason Marchment uh Two guys that have never really established them as full-time NHL players, but have both played in the NHL. Marchman's 24 years old, Mulgan's 23, so they both have a lot of time and, and room to grow. But uh, I guess it's just uh, a change of scenery type thing for both guys, and uh, and both franchises are hoping that the, they can jumpstart these guys' careers and kind of hit the reset button on them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for the Leafs, uh, I in my opinion, they're making a ton of just panic decisions right now. I mean... I think they've probably made the most trades this season so far, and they'll probably—I don't even think they're done making moves uh, because they need—they gotta fill depth roles and they gotta—they uh, gotta make a push for the playoffs because right now they're out of a playoff spot and uh, it's not looking good. And it's funny because the team they're battling with for that playoff spot is the Florida Panthers, and this is the team they make the trade with. Uh, so um, we'll see which team ends up winning this trade. But, uh, yeah, it should be fun watching these two teams go at it uh, to the end of the season. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, next up, we have yet another L.A. Kings move. They seem to be just shipping pretty much everyone out of town right now. They trade defenseman Alec Martinez, who, I mean, as a Rangers fan, I know firsthand scored some big, big goals for them. Uh, Stanley Cup clinching goals. He also scored the goal to beat Chicago in the West Final overtime game seven there as well. So uh, LA Kings fans, obviously this one's going to 
hurt a little extra seeing him go. You know, someone who scored that many big goals for your franchise, but uh, it was the right move. Uh, you needed to get rid of him. You needed to get what you could for him at the deadline. Anytime you have a guy who, uh, even though he's not a, uh, a UFA this year, he's got one more year left, you still got to get the value for him while you can. And uh, two second-round picks, they deem good enough to do that. The Vegas Golden Knights get an experienced player, uh, Stanley Cup champion who uh, who can play all three areas of the ice very well, penalty kill, and hopefully add depth to that back end, which, again, very beaten up lately. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Kings right now, like they're just trying to fill up with picks. Just uh, Like I said earlier, just like build their team for the future and get all those young players in their organization. But, yeah, the Golden Knights, I mean, they've been slacking uh, over the past, I'd say, month. And uh, they need some change in their lineup. So bringing in a guy like that, a guy that knows how to win, that's one. Um, it's huge for them. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he helps them turn it around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's really it for all the big trades we have. You have a couple more small ones, you know, minor league guys coming out for picks and prospects. Uh, one interesting thing I found is I don't know really what it's for. Uh, I guess maybe just long-term preparing for the expansion draft a few years with the Rangers actually acquired John Francis Berube from the Flyers for future considerations. Um, I mean, like I said, I think you're just taking Berube off their hands. You know, nothing is exactly even coming back to Philly's way yet. But uh, I don't really know what to think of this move right now. It shouldn't have any effect on either either team moving forward. It's not like Berube was playing games for the Flyers. I don't, he won't be playing games for the Rangers, obviously. With their goalie situation, which continues to be one of the uh, one of the more interesting topics as we get closer to deadline, uh, you have Igor Shesterkin who's playing absolutely unbelievable hockey. Uh, everyone said that this kid was the real deal when he was over in the KHL, but I don't think you really fully believe it until you see it in front of your eyes in the NHL. Uh, Igor's stats over these past couple of years, KHL. AHL and now with the New York Rangers in the back in the KHL for St. Petersburg he was 79 14 and 13 with a 187 goals against and a 939 save percentage in Hartford this season he was 17 4 and 3 with a 190 goals against and a 943 save percentage and now so far in the NHL an incredible 7 and 1 with a 228 goals against and a 939 save percentage his save percentage has actually gone up since joining the Rangers from Hartford, it's the same exact as it was over in Russia. And, I mean, he's one of those kids now where it doesn't really matter what team you put in front of him. Everyone was saying it was just because he was on St. Petersburg over in the KHL. He's just he's just seen to win games consistently, and it's it's awesome to see, especially as a Rangers fan. But, uh, I mean, just in terms of all hockey fans liking young talent, this kid's the real deal, and I can't wait to see what he does in the future. Yeah, the Rangers, I mean, they definitely have enough goalies now. I mean... Uh, I definitely wouldn't be shocked if they if they trade one or even two goalies of this trade deadline. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them. Uh, but yeah, they definitely. I think like the Flyers, the Rangers have found their goalie of the future. Um, so uh, just like there's them making this trade is not really a big deal. They're probably be put into a trade package anyways uh, later on, probably this weekend. So it's not a big deal. I mean. I wouldn't really say it's a win or a loss for anyone. But, um, yeah, both these teams have their goalies of the future, it looks like, and uh, and that's all i got to say about that. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll move on from one rookie goalie to another, and that's Elvis Merzlikens in Columbus. 
Uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know how to pronounce this guy's name when he first came up. Uh, I, I didn't know who he was, but uh, he's had a great start to his NHL career. He's posted five shutouts already and 27 starts, which is unheard of. Uh, the 12-9 and record is not anything insane, but the 2-2-9 uh, goals against and the 9-2-4 save percentage speak for themselves. Uh, he's kind of revitalized that Columbus team, giving them a jump they hadn't had all year. Uh, the whole team seems to play with more energy around him, and he's uh, he's been nothing short of amazing. Yeah, he, I mean, five shutouts in one month is absolutely insane for any goalie. I don't think I've ever seen that before, honestly. Not off the top of my head, at least. Yeah, me either. I don't remember that ever happening in the history. So, But, um, yeah, like, I mean, right now, as Columbus is so injured as they are, and they're not as deep as they were, uh, even last year, uh, he's just trying to be that brick wall for them. But it's so tough for him. It's such a tough position for him to be in, especially because how injured they are. But, yeah, he's hanging in there. He's playing really good hockey. And uh, you never know with them if uh, they can sneak into the playoffs this year uh, and they get healthy with that with him in the back of the net. It could be uh, good things to come. So it's exciting watching him and a bunch of the young goalies step up for their teams. Moving on now real quick, we want I want to talk about the uh, TSN trade bait board. Uh, it's not trade deadline talk without the trade bait board and kind of we already recap for you the trades that went down, but like I said, the deadline's Monday and plenty more will happen. So we're going to try to, uh, I guess, weigh in on what we think these players could potentially get in returns or where they could potentially add up, uh, end up. Uh, we'll start at the top of the list, and that's number one, uh, Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers. 28 years old. He's got 45 points in 58 games. He's got something like 27 in his last 25, I believe the number was. Not exactly sure, but either way, in his in his last 20 games, he's definitely over a point per game. I can say that for sure. Uh, he's a UFA after this year. Uh, he will be looking for what I hear around just, you know, bouncing around off Twitter, checking social media, stuff like that. He's looking for a six to seven year deal at around six to six to seven million dollars, somewhere in that range. Uh, I don't think the Rangers have ruled out keeping him yet, but I've been told that it seems that he's more likely to be traded than signed. Uh, there's five teams that we know of that have inquired about Kreider, potentially more, and that's the St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, Boston Bruins, Washington Capitals, and even the New York Islanders. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants him right now. He's playing unbelievable hockey, but that just means um, his price is going to be bigger and bigger. Uh, every, it seems like every game he plays, he's uh, scoring a goal now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as a Bruins fan, I'd love to have him on the Bruins. But um, if he doesn't go to the Bruins, I mean, I want him out west somewhere. So um, don't have to play him at least unless the Bruins make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. But yeah, he's a great player. Um, he definitely wants a, a long-term deal, which uh, can be very scary in this uh, this day's NHL. So we'll see what happens this offseason. But yeah, if someone wants him this year and someone's going to get him, they're going to pay a big price for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I said earlier that uh, uh, NHL-ready player, a prospect, and a first is the Rangers' preferred asking price. I'm sure one of those five teams will be willing to offer it. It's just about who can give them the sweetest deal. And then also, you just remember, you can't completely rule out a trade and re-sign because he will be a UFA. Uh, most of these teams on this list seems that if they do trade for him, it'd be a rental-type scenario. They wouldn't sign him to a long-term deal. So uh, the trade and re-sign is also still very much in play with Chris Kreider. Uh, number two on the list is uh, Sammy Votnin, uh, also a pending UFA, along with pretty much everyone on this list. 
23 points this year in 47 games. Uh, the right-handed defenseman, 28 years old, undersized, but but very smart with the puck. Uh, I liked him a lot in Anaheim. I think it's very hard to look good on this New Jersey team right now. They're just not a good team, I guess is the best way to say it. But uh, I think he has a decent amount of value. He could he get a decent return. And I said off the top of my head, another team that could use defensemen, uh, my, my best spot for him would probably be Winnipeg. I don't know how how deep or how willing to give up players Winnipeg is, but I could see that being a very good fit. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, a lot of teams uh, this year definitely need defensemen uh, to step up for them. So there should be a lot of, ga- lot of GMs calling uh, the Devils uh, in the next couple of days about him. But, um, yeah, whoever, wherever he goes, he's going to step in. He's going to be uh, top four in pretty much every single team he goes to, I assume, unless something crazy happens. Uh, but, um yeah, he's definitely an exciting player to watch, and uh, he should uh, he should uh, make some team very happy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next, number third on the list, and talk about a breakout season from a guy that really, I think, I mean, no one thought he was he was done by any means, but nobody expected this from him. He had a red hot start. He's sort of fallen off a little, and that's John Gabriel Pajo, forty points in fifty eight games. Again, a UFA at the end of the year. He could come in and really be a third-line center on a playoff team now. He's playing great for Ottawa. I don't think he'd be taking on that same role wherever he goes, but he could play, you know, probably second power play, third-line center on a, a couple playoff teams could use him. I think Colorado could use him. I think that potentially Calgary could use a depth center. But, uh, I mean, there's – I mean, every single playoff team, this guy would fit in their lineup somewhere. It's just all about who's willing to give up the pieces right now. But uh, – I think it's safe to say him and the next guy on the list, Vladislav Domestikov, both UFAs, uh, they're both going to be moved before Monday. Yeah, Paggio, I mean, he, he'll step on any team and uh, he'll play really well for them. But, I mean, like in, uh, the thing about him, he plays in his own defensive zone very well. So, like, uh, every team would love to have him. He can play all three areas of the ice. And, uh, yeah, if, if you're having a great year on Ottawa – uh, that's really saying something that really sticks out to a lot of GMs in the league. Fifth on the list is actually not a player, but it's just Carolina's first-round pick, uh, which is interesting to me. It's not often you see a specific pick this high up on the list, but uh, Carolina's looking to move that pick. They're looking to move that pick for uh, asset, potentially one of the guys you've already named. But, uh, yeah, I guess they're, they're thinking we like the young talent we have. Obviously, you can't, you're not going to say we have – too much of it, but uh, they ra- they're they willing to give up the uh, the pick in exchange for an NHL-ready player right now that'll help them compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, Carolina is uh, sitting in that wild card uh, spot right now. The first wild card spot tied with the Islanders and actually um, Columbus, who sits right outside the playoffs. So, I mean, that's a very tight race for both of the wild card spots, and they're looking for a guy to step in and just give them those few extra points so they can make it into the playoffs this year and uh, roll the dice. You want to talk about an absolute steal is what Montreal found. He's now number six on the list. They signed him for league minimum 700000 for a veteran player. Ilya Kovalchuk, 36 years old, who's been absolutely, I'd say pretty much dominant since he came over to Montreal. He was struggling in L.A., barely playing, was, you know, and gets cut by the team. Montreal picks him up for the league minimum. And I know a lot of teams were where a lot of fans wanted their team to get this guy. I don't know how interested the teams actually were because of how little the risk was, but uh, they they took the – there was no risk. They jumped on it right away, and they'll be able to flip him for 
I'd say probably at, at least a second and a prospect at this point. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Montreal, I'm looking to definitely uh, get rid of Kovalchuk because um, I don't believe they're making the playoffs because they are, uh, I believe, at least 10 points out. Definitely uh, Kovalchuk, if they can move him for, for a pick, potentially a player, I mean, that'd be, that'd be unbelievable for them. It's definitely a win. It'll be like... And, Help anything that can help them next year make the playoffs because they missed the playoffs, I believe, three maybe four years in a row now. So they need to get back in because Montreal fans uh, are definitely dying to have a team in the playoffs. Uh, the next guy on this list is just all speed. Not that he's saying the rest of his game isn't rounded out fairly well, but this kid absolutely flies. Andreas Athanasiu, a UFA. Uh, I remember when he burst onto the scene a couple years ago as a rookie, it was like, wow, this kid absolutely flies. One of my good friends back home is a Red Wings fan, and he was talking this kid up to me. Uh, she sat down to watch a couple of Red Wings games. I was like, all right, yeah, this kid's the real deal. Um, unfortunately for Detroit, they're, I don't even know where to begin with them. They're just an absolute dumpster fire. So especially with him, he isn't a restricted free agent, not a UFA, but regardless, he will get moved, and that just means that the team – He'll have a better chance of re-signing him that acquires him. So uh, to 24 points in 45 games, uh, you're making three mil this year. I'm assuming he'll be looking for a bit of an upgrade, probably in the four to five range. I don't know how long a term he's looking for, but you got to assume it's probably at least two, three years. Uh, but yeah, some team could definitely use him. He's a he's great great scoring depth. He can penalty kill and just just had just no such thing as too much speed. And this kid's got a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, this guy is when he like when you see him touch the puck and he just goes. It's so much fun to watch. Uh, he's definitely he's one of the fastest players in the league for sure. And um, yeah, he's had no luck on on uh, Detroit. Just like every single player on that team has had no luck. Uh, so wherever he goes, he'll be so happy to get out of there. And uh, hopefully, he'll be on a cup contender. So he'll actually have some uh, hopefully some playoff success. But, I mean, he will not, like, he'll be so happy leaving Detroit, I'm sure. Even though he's lived there for a couple of years now, he won't, I don't I don't believe he'll be emotional leaving that team. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I mean, it's kind of hard to be sad when you're when you're going from a team as bad as Detroit to a legit contender. But uh, uh, as far as return goes for him, I'd like to think he could haul in probably a lower-level prospect and a second-round pick. That probably sounds about right. I don't think he's quite there. To, to haul in a first, you know, could be could maybe throw in a conditional pick in there. The team reaches the finals, the team resigns them, something like that. But uh, I'd say you're looking probably the same uh, same area of return as Kovalchuk. Yeah, maybe that, or maybe a little more too, because I mean, he definitely has looked like he could be a, a great player in this league. Uh, just hasn't had the right opportunities with Detroit. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he got a little more than uh, what Kovalchuk returns at all. And um, I'm guessing if he's on a good team, he's on the top. He's on the top six, second line uh, wing, and he can step right in. Soon they have a chance to re-sign him. I think he will draw, uh, be able to haul in more than Kovalchuk. But uh, if it is for the strictly rental price, I think it'd be uh, in the similar area. Obviously, depends where they depends where he goes. Obviously, every teams have different cap situations, different. Uh, amounts of money they're willing to spend this offseason. So uh, if he goes somewhere where the team that acquires him thinks they'll be able to re-sign him, then yeah, he'll definitely get a, a bigger haul than Kovalchuk for sure. Next on the list is Eric Gustafson, Chicago defenseman. Uh, kind of crazy to say he's only 27. I feel like he's been in the league forever. Uh, not going to overwhelm you with ridiculous points, but just shut down guy that uh, that can play uh, important minutes for you guys, penalty killing in the playoffs. So uh, 
Uh, a lot of teams will like him. He's not going to bring in a lot as a UFA, but said probably second, third round pick and maybe a low-level prospect somewhere around that area. Maybe an established NHL guy, but nothing, uh, you know, not not not, not an everyday, uh, even top nine forward, I'd say, or four defensemen if you're going defenseman-wise. Yeah, just uh, he'll be on a team that's looking for uh, that depth, uh, help him push him over the edge, and hopefully can uh, step up here and there in the playoffs and get a couple points. He's not going to be, he's not going to win a team in cup. He's so whatever, whatever they can get for him, uh, they'll take, I think um, he's definitely a solid, a solid player, but he's not going to bring a whole bunch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now this next guy on the list, Jeff, you can vouch for this pretty much ever since I met you about six years ago. I've not stopped talking about how, how underrated I think this guy is. Uh, I think only Rangers fans who watch him every day see how good he truly is, and that's Jesper Faust. Uh, 28 years old, he's a pending UFA. Uh, I th- he just does everything you need him to do. A couple years ago in the playoffs when Zuccarello went down, he came in and played top six uh, and played great on those ro- roles. He's been playing with Panarin and Strom this year. and uh, I mean, obviously playing with Panarin is easy, but he's, he's played a top six role, no problem. Uh, on a contending team, he'd definitely be a bottom six guy. Great penalty killer. I can't speak enough about how much I've loved having this guy in the Rangers, and the thought of him not being a Ranger is, is very sad to me, but uh, I, I think whoever gets Jesper Faust is getting way more than they think they're getting because this guy can – he really is a Swiss Army knife. He can he can play any role you need him to. Yeah, definitely. And any guy you mean, any guy can uh, play the penalty kill is huge, especially in the playoffs. Like the power play can win you the Stanley Cup, and the penalty kill uh, can lose you the Stanley Cup. So uh, if you can have a player that can shut down their team's power play, uh, that is huge. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a great young player. Um, he's not one of those like flashy superstars, but I mean, he gets the job done. Uh, whenever he can, um, he's definitely a great role player. Yeah, exactly. Uh, rounding out the top ten, uh, Dustin Bufflin. Interestingly enough, haven't heard that guy's name all year. Uh, he's got one year left after this. Uh, I think I don't know why he's so high on this list. Honestly, I don't know who would really be willing to give up a lot for him right now. You don't even know if he's ever going to play hockey again at this point. So uh, I'm surprised he's on that this name on the list. But I guess Winnipeg's doing whatever they can to try to move him. Yeah, I mean he's really put Winnipeg in a really tough situation this year. It kind of seems like he doesn't even want to come back and play. Uh, what I've heard from like interviews with other players in the NHL, they said he's one of those guys. He doesn't follow the game at all, and um, he just pretty much showed up to the ranking play. That's the kind of type of guy he is. So, but um, yeah, he might be done with his career. So we'll see if Winnipeg can get anything from him. But I would not be shocked if uh, he just ends up retiring. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna round up our list there. It's a couple more names to mention. We're not gonna go into detail about these guys, but uh, all UFAs and Wayne Simmons, Patrick Marlowe, Joe Thornton, Mike Hoffman, uh, Robin Lehner, uh, Brandon Sods actually got one year left. Uh, Vincent Trocheck has two. I have no idea why he's on this list. I can't imagine Florida's actually trying to move him. That would just seem very wrong. And then dropping way down the list, who's got one year left is Kyle Palmieri. But uh, a bunch of names in this list of guys that I don't really see being traded. But either way, uh, that rounds out the top 10 trade bait. Uh, I guess the last thing I want to do really before we go into uh, or before we wrap up the episode here is break down the uh, the number one and two ranked prospect pools in hockey. Uh, I just saw them on Twitter the other day. I thought they were both worth mentioning. Uh, both of these teams just have unbelievable uh, prospect depth, and it seems like it's at the point where uh, I don't really 
I, I can't imagine them potentially having all these guys on our roster at some point. Obviously, they won't all pan out into NHL players, but I mean, the New York Rangers and LA Kings both have unbelievable prospects. Yeah, I mean, they're both uh, in those pretty like a little bit of the same rebuild. I mean, the, it looks like the Kings are a lot further behind, but I mean, they both have a ton of players that can fill their roster in the next couple of years. So, I mean, uh, if you're a Kings fan, uh, you just got to wait it out uh, probably two more years and then you're back in uh, hopefully the playoffs. And the Rangers, I mean, they could be in the playoffs next year. Uh, definitely. They're actually kind of making a little push this year. It's going to be hard to leapfrog a couple, like three or four teams. But, um, yeah, definitely have a ton of young players in both of those organizations. And um, it's an exciting future for their fans. Yeah, just to read off, I'd say the, the Kings are currently ranked the number one. So to read off some of these names right now, you have Alex Turcott, obviously fifth overall last year. We've talked about him multiple times on this prospect, how good he is. Uh, Gabriel Valdari, uh, Rasmus Kupari, Arthur Kaliev, very underrated guy, fell in the draft, probably shouldn't have dropped so low. It was a steal there. Tobias Bjornfoot actually came up and played very well, played some very good hockey. Another underrated prospect, uh, Samuel Fogemo, guy we've talked about a little bit here. Tyler Madden just acquired from Vancouver. Uh, Akil Thomas scored the game-winning goal for Canada in the World Juniors. Uh, it's a, the minute left in the game. Uh, Jarrett Anderson Dolan, Kale Claus, uh, Carl Grundstrom, uh, Cal Peterson, who's actually came up and played ever since the trade uh, of Campbell going over to Toronto. Uh, Jordan Spence and Sean Dersey. Uh, I mean, all these guys have legitimate chances to play to play in the NHL and it's not often you find that many guys in your prospect pool that are this this highly rated I guess you could say yeah definitely I mean that those names you just listed is is crazy and uh like I said again earlier like the Kings uh their fans and their team like they're definitely excited to see those names coming up their leader their uh rankings and um hopefully they'll be able to impact the Kings in a very uh very good way and they'll be successful in the NHL so um, I'm excited to see them in a couple of years. Uh, and then really quickly, just to go into the Rangers pool as well, you have obviously in the NHL right now, you've got guys like Capo Caco, Adam Fox, both rookies having great seasons. Then you got Vitaly Krasov, Keandre Miller, Nils Lundqvist, Julian Gauthier, Igor Radkov, Carl Henriksen, uh, Nico Gross, Igor Shashirkin, obviously, Morgan Barron playing at Cornell right now, Lori Poyami, who we really haven't mentioned at all, but is having a breakout season over in the Liga in Finland uh, on a ridiculous goal-scoring pace, and defenseman Matthew Robertson playing over in the WHL right now, I believe for the Kings, I believe it is, though, but uh, not exactly even sure there, but it's... Uh, it's unbelievable what, uh, what what both these teams' prospects have compiled. And looking forward, I see them both being uh, back not only in the playoffs, but uh, making runs for the Cup just in a few short years. Yeah, maybe they kind of a uh, Stanley Cup final rematch in a couple of years. You never know. But, um, yeah, I mean, especially for the Rangers, they've drafted really well over the past couple of years. And uh, especially it's crazy to think that I think two years ago uh, around this time they – sent out a letter to all their fans saying we're just going to completely rebuild this team and uh they've pretty much done that and they're uh almost done with it so it's pretty exciting yeah exactly it's uh it's been pr said pretty much two years to the date now since that letter came out uh they shipped away a bunch of fan favorites 
said Matt Zuccarello was gone, Ryan McDonough, JT Miller, uh, Derek Stepan, Derek Broussard, all these guys that some Broussard was before the letter, obviously, but all these guys were fan favorites being traded out of there. And I think really the only mistake or bad trade they made was the McDonough one. Uh, Nemestikov obviously didn't pan out in New York. You don't know. Uh, Brett Howden and Libor Hayek are both young still, but uh, Ryan McDonough is obviously Ryan McDonough. is a great two-way defenseman, uh, can play any role you need him to. And then JT Miller is having a career year in Vancouver. So you could argue that's probably the only legitimate loss in terms of trades or moves that Jeff Gordon's had, which really is not. I mean, he's brought in so many good moves. You can't focus on that one one bad one. Yeah, definitely, especially with all the good he's had. You can't, uh, you can't be mad at him for that. Uh, but, yeah, they're definitely uh, – Hopefully going to be successful the next couple of years here. It's been a, it's been a uh, rough few years for Rangers fans and yourself, I know. So uh, we'll see if they get back in the playoffs. Looks like maybe as early as next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be unbelievable to make the playoffs next year. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs this year, but they are only six points out right now, so anything is possible. If, if they keep Kreider, uh, that's kind of their, we're going to push for it. If they trade Kreider, that's the word that's going to, take this slow, not rush into things type of type of scenario. Quick update before we head out. Um, I know this won't be online until tomorrow, but uh, Alex Ovechkin scored his 699th career goal tonight, so he's one away from 700. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's been stuck on 698 for a while. Uh, I'm glad he's finally gotten over the hump. I don't care really who you are or who you root for. I said I'm a huge Rangers fan. We've had so many run-ins with the Capitals in the playoffs. I mean, I still like you can't dislike Alexander Ovechkin. You want that guy to score. You want him to get a 700th. And I think most people even want to see him pass Gretzky. I think it'd be awesome to be able to say we we, we grew up watching the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game. So uh, best of luck to Ovi and hopefully uh, a couple more 40 goal seasons down the down the road. All right, guys. Well, uh, it was uh, good talking to you. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we had our podcast, but uh, we're definitely going to be trying to be more on track the next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll, def- we'll recap uh, the trade deadline. Uh, next week for you guys so uh, be ready for that it's gonna be an exciting weekend and I cannot wait for Monday one of my favorite days of the year yeah just sit there with uh, TSN on pretty much all day and just scrolling through Twitter just I mean I think all hockey fans love that day it's uh, it's like Christmas for hockey fans so uh, that being said uh, thank you guys and uh, we'll see you soon